This is self-made. This is my way of telling stories of uh, you're there, you've been there, you've done it. Um, and what I get the most kick out of because I don't think we appreciate it and I don't think uh, fans of you get to see it, uh, but it's the struggles to get there. Mm -hmm. um, when I think of me um, and if I'm wrong on dates, tell me, but you and I have one thing in common is your, I think your first album, for example, came out on 9-11. Yes. That was the biggest thing in the world at mm -hmm. that time for you mm -hmm. was launching. And you and I share that date. I literally launched my first brand mm. that day. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, in some ways, you're shocked, right? Uh, but those are the things that people don't appreciate is kind of the struggles to get there. Right. So, from your perspective, take me through you and growing up first. You're from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, family. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I grew up uh, pretty much just me, my brother, and my o mom. Older, younger brother. Younger brother. I had an older sister, but she at that point had kind of, as I was growing up, she had kind of moved on. She was um, 11 years older than us, so if I was seven, she was 18. 18, yeah. So she, you know, started getting out into yeah. the world as, as, a, as a young adult. So it was pretty much just me and my brother and, uh, and my mom, and my mom worked, and um, I wouldn't say we was, we was deprived of anything, but my mom worked hard to provide everything for us that the necessities of what we needed to have. So, you know, there's a lot of kids around us that had less than we have because maybe their moms didn't work or whatever the struggles of their uh, upbringing was. But my mom worked really hard, worked uh, city jobs, uh, worked more than one job. Do, do you recognize that now, or did you even did you realize that even back then? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't really realize it then. I kind of thought because your environment, you're looking at, you know, I felt like I was doing okay. You know, I wasn't in, you know, real desperate need or anything. We had food and clothes on our back, and uh, from my environment, we were doing pretty okay. You know what I mean? I, my mother probably even hid some of the you know, struggles that she was going through or just keeping up with bills and stuff like that. We were young kids and we were just, you know, appreciative of everything we had anyway, you know. Um, your brother's how much younger than you? Two years. Two years, you're yeah. close to him. Yep. Um, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, as a kid, I, I, uh, I was a different kind of artist. I used to draw a lot when I was a kid, so my mom sort of so that I had a interest there and a talent there, and she put me in a couple of different art things. And even when I tried to shy away from it, she pushed me in the back a little bit to go towards it. Um, I even went to an art high school, um, and at that time, I was I was a little discouraged about art because I just didn't see the longevity in it. I didn't see the somebody from where I where I was from uh, progressing it. I didn't know big 
artist or anything, you know, I just knew I, I could draw. So you went, you went to high school for art? Yeah, art and design high okay. school. And um, it was in Manhattan, it was on 57th Street, which was a long way from Brooklyn. And um, even there, like, you know, I was like, kind of on my mom, like, I don't want to have to go to high school this far and take the train and, you know, an hour commute or whatever like that. I wanted to go to my neighborhood high yeah. school where my friends in my neighborhood went to. And she was, you know, kind of pushing me that, you know, you got a talent and you have to go, for you to explore your talent, sometimes you're gonna have to go further than what's right there. And she pushed me and, you know, I ended up going there and stuff. And it was funny, one of the funniest things is that there was somebody who lived in my building. Like, uh, I lived on the seventh floor, they lived on the third floor. And Anna was a friend of mine's sister. And when I got to the school, she was in my class, but I had never known this, mm. this girl was into art or anything too, because in our world, it wasn't just like a big thing to share or like, it almost kind of was nerdy a little mm. bit, you know what I mean? So um, when I got there and seen her, I'm like, oh, I didn't know you, mm. you just, she said, I didn't know you draw either, you know what I'm saying? And we kind of like, I, that gave me a realization of like, you know, sometimes people have like these talents that almost not ashamed, but they keep kind of into themselves until. Um, I guess the ashamed part, when you look around your neighborhood or the other kids, what were they all doing? Um, pretty much the regular ghetto neighborhood stuff, you know, or, you know, if they were in the sports, they were doing sports. But other than that, you know, a lot of, a lot of those neighborhoods don't have a lot of opportunity. So the kids there are just doing their, they're getting into bad things mm. because they have nothing else to do. You know what I'm saying? And I, um, like even now, when I look back, I, that's one of, when I started a foundation, that's what I wanted to give back to those inner city communities is opportunity. Just, you know, give them a chance to do something. Give them a camera or give them a, uh, give them an art, an easel or a paintbrush or give them, you know, just things to them to try and get into. Give them an instrument, give them, Do you, you, know. do you say that, it, to give you, from my own perspective, I just moved to Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, which is where I grew up, mm -hmm. and I contacted my high school. And I contacted them uh, to see if I could help in any way. Because the way I looked at it was, I wish there was someone like me for me when I was in high school, but right. there was none of that. Right. Um, do, you, do you feel that now, given where you are? Definitely. Um, there wasn't a lot of, you know, fabs, so to say, who yeah. could come back and, um, you know, of course the world has changed a lot and a lot of things have advanced, but um, there wasn't, you know, that person that could come back and do something special for our neighborhood. It was just pretty much what they had there and they had to make the best of what they had. And, um, you know, now, like you said, I, I, I want to be able, since I'm in a position yeah. to be able to do it, I would love to do it as well. Do you, again, as you get older, you realize things about the people who support you. It, to me, without getting into it further, it seems like your mother was a supportive person for you. Yeah, she definitely was. Like, um, sometimes people, like, ask me, like, who was, like, my motivation or, like, mm -hmm. a mentor or influence, and I always shout my mom just because of how much she pushed me to want to do more, you know what I'm saying? And at the time I didn't get it, I, you know, I wanted to do what everybody else was doing and I wanted to, you know, hang out with my friends and be, you know, I was kind of cool within the cool crowd of friends and I, you know, so I was trying to maintain my cool 
And she was like, it's, it's, it's bigger than yep. these four blocks that you live in and this housing project that you live in and it's a whole world out there. So when did music kick in? What was the, what triggered it for you? Um, I fell in love with hip hop from um, seeing how it connected to people outside in my neighborhood. And um, just the way it, um, it created a, a connection to like all the people in my neighborhood. Like it always seemed like it ignited uh, good vibes and people dancing or, um, you know, when people were playing basketball, they were playing music on the side. They had a little radio or something on the side playing music. It was always connected to everything. So it kind of felt like it was a, a vibe that, um, that helped everything going on. Was, so there, was there a song? Was there any, was there No, it's just hip hop in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think hip hop at that time too was very um, underground, very um, just connected to the underground world. It, was, it hadn't blossomed into, of course, what it is today. How old were you when you think this? I want to say eight, nine years old. Really? Ten years old. Yeah, I was, I was really young and um, at first, my first introduction to music probably was a lot of pop stuff at that time too. I remember Michael Jackson, mm. Thriller album and stuff like that was like one of my favorites. My mom, I think that was my, might have been the first record she bought me was Michael Jackson. And um, you know, then from there I would go outside though and it was just another world. Then, Do you remember anybody being local that was well known at that time, early on? Nope. Who was the first local kind of connection for you? Um, there was some, there was some rappers who would hang out in my neighborhood. Um, their names were Smith and Wesson, and <laughs> they were just connected to some guys there. But they had like a, a street fame for what they were doing. Um, there was guys around my way who knew Biggie Smalls, um, knew Little Kim dated Little Kim, you know, it's just little connections there and you've seen little pieces and, you know, I was just, at that time, I was nobody in, in music. I was just more like a, a, a fan from the outside looking in and really making me appreciate it more because I, I even seen how now hip hop was connected to people that are of my neighborhood. Was it the storytelling? Was it the the similarity in lyrics that you kind of you felt that everyone else felt i think it was the energy of it yeah. like i said i think it connected to people doing different things it could it, it connected to good times you know what i mean and and those and and as a little kid me looking up and looking at older people you know always having hip-hop as like a a, a a setting to whatever they were doing you know if they're playing cards if they're having a fish fry or whatever, whatever activities, it seemed like it was a part of it. So when did, when did music, uh, you're in high school, you're doing art, when did it kick in and saying, you know what, I, there's something here for me? Um, I think I was a big fan of it, I loved it. And then I started to um, experiment with like writing and I would listen to raps, and I think at first I just started writing down all of the lyrics of the song. Then I, my next step was turning Your those lyrics song. into my into into my lyrics. So okay. even even before I was writing it personally myself, I would take 
someone else someone else's rap and write it in in my uh or put my name in there put you know what I mean yeah. and then that graduated to okay let me try to flip the whole thing into me writing my writing in the same pattern as this song that I knew and then once I got that then I would start reciting it and you know, and, and practice, but it still was like a hobby of mine. I still wasn't like going out yet and but, saying but, I'm a rapper or I'm gonna be a rapper. But what's crazy is I, th I think, cause it's a, for, I'm much older, but it's still a long time ago. Mm -hmm. To in order to write down the lyrics, you probably just listened to the songs and wrote down the lyrics. Yeah. Cause you can't find lyrics. Yeah, at that point it was definitely just listening to it over and over and winding it back, listen to it again, writing that line, writing it back, get the next line, it was a very, long process. What do you think you got out of that? I think it taught me a lot about writing. I think it taught me a lot about vocabulary. Um, it took, you know, even just the, the, the artists that I was listening to at the time, I think they had different styles, so it showed me different patterns of yeah. writing and writing lyrics too. So um, I think it actually taught me without me like knowing myself, you know, because I, I, I practiced that before I even, anyone ever knew that I even could rap or tried to rap. So what was the so next? The next step was, I remember seeing, um, I would go to school, especially at a point in high school, I would go to school and I would see other kids now rapping and they were, you know, beating on the tables and reciting their raps. And I, and I, I still never ste stepped in yet. I still was in a place where this was like my thing. This was my hobby that I like to do. And then, um, but I still analyzed everything. Like I could sit back and say like, okay, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. But I wasn't trying to prove it to yeah. anyone at this point yet. So I was just like comparing and looking at the market, so to say, and, and like seeing where I fit in there. And um, you know, that's when I seen the connection to it. Like, you know, people my age and you know, they, they having the same love for it every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure those people probably even, you know, have seen me and they're like, yo, this guy never rapped in the lunchroom. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I never rapped in there. Like, I never even chimed in. I never said anything. I just would let everybody else do their thing. And I'm sure they probably see me now and like, yo, that's crazy. When was the first time that you brought out something you worked on or um, performed or anything where people are like, oh, What's had, going on here? I had a mutual friend and um, he was writing and he was at the point where he was a little more advanced as far as like uh, creating songs and you know he had some kind of equipment where he would rec record himself and um, then I got into that process and I started like you know really trying to get more and more into that like yo hot like it's diff it's it's one thing to right rap verbally yeah, to yeah. somebody but then it's now it's another process now that i'm learning that it's like you gotta record it and say it the right yeah. way and listen back hear yourself like what you're hearing uh know what you don't like you know what i mean get your get your cadence get your get your feel of yourself you know so that was the next process so i fell in love with that too and i was just like you know i wanted to learn more and more and more and this kid was like, kind of like, yo, you're a natural. Like you're, like you're, you're advancing this so fast and so well. And especially for them not knowing that I even rap, period. So it was like, I knew I could rap, but they didn't know. So what did, you, what did you think you had? Did you like the way you sounded? Did you like the lyrics you wrote? I did. I thought I was very advanced, but 
they even thought I was very advanced, but they didn't know how long I had been doing it with yep. them myself. It was kind of like I, um, were you afraid? Practice my craft. I wasn't really afraid, but I used to always look at rap too at that time that it was a hard space to get into. Yeah. You know, you had to know somebody. It's not as wide open as it is today. There's no internet. There's no, you know, there's no everybody around has yeah. a studio. It, it was pretty like you had to have some kind of connection or connected to somebody to get in. So it was like a far-fetched dream, but it was still something that I loved to do. So I had a passion for it before I even could think that I was gonna be a rapper. Did your mom know? My mom didn't know. At one point, my mom was like, you need to get a job, like, <laughs> this rap stuff, like, you know what I mean? Because rap wasn't even that big either. Yeah. So it wasn't still, it definitely wasn't something she looked at as a career. It looked at something that, you know, was your hobby. And that's cool, I like, you, like, you like to do it and all that, but that's not, you know what I mean? When was, so was there a point that you put a song together that you shared this with anybody? Yup, after I started re recording with this uh, kid, his name is Jay, by the way, uh, James, and he, uh, he started playing the stuff and we was like playing it for people just to see what they thought. And they were like, uh, you know, blown away by it. And they wanted to work with me more and, you know, even some of the kids that felt like they like I was really good. Yeah, they wanted to work mm -hmm. with me just off of this song that we had did. And, um, you know, I was kind of like really still wet behind the ears. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't professional, you know what I mean? But I was seeing that their interest was like, yo. Do you remember the song? It was, what was the name of the song? It actually was a song that that kid Jay or James produced, but he flipped Puff Daddy's All About the Benjamins. Mm. So he flipped this joint and we rapped over that. And it was like a, a small little hit within our mm. our area, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a... Where would it get played? Just in our Walkmans or like, <laughs> I guess, radios in your house. Or, or a like, house party. Yeah, or... house party, like something, some of that vibe. And, um, you know, I remember everybody just just the the first initial of initial knowledge of that's you and people saying, oh, yo, you that's you. That was, you know, it was, I guess, my first taste of, of fame in that in that light. But that still wasn't what um, what drove me. Like I still, you know, I, I, I took that in, but I still had a passion for hip hop. Like I still wanted to do more and become more and get better. Was there a performance that took place where people caught wind of you? Was it a song that you had? Well, my thing started circling, circulating around my neighborhood and um, to the point where people were like reciting my lyrics and stuff like it was songs that they like famous but songs. But, but what's crazy, is it, and again, think about it, is today you put it on SoundCloud, something's catchy, it right. clicks, it can happen quick. You know, this was word ago. of mouth era. Correct. You're not on the radio. Nope. So how, how, did, how does that happen? When you think about it, how does that happen? I guess it was just, you know, people liking it. And it was still, it was, it was organic that way, too. You know, it was a, it's, it's a, it's a self-made moment. It's, yeah. a, it's a moment from the mud that, you know, people have, they're listening to somebody that they know and they relate to and they hear them and they, and they understand it. And um, that's what happened. It started just circulating in my neighborhood. And um, some guy that I knew who was my friend, 
um, was reciting something and somebody heard it and asked them was like, yo, is that Mace or is that, mm -hmm. you know, another artist? And he's like, nah, that's, that's my friend. So he was like, yo, I want to meet this guy. So he brings him to meet me. And he was like, well, um, yo, I heard some of your stuff. I want to hear more. I want to see what you can do. And um, I think I can get you signed, uh, get you a record deal. And uh, like I said before, I had went through a couple of, you know, people. I can people, do this, I can yeah. do that, and make it happen. So I wasn't, you know, yeah. crazy excited. I just How was like, all right. Then? I probably was about 18, yeah. 19. And um, You were finished high school? No, I was at the end of yeah. high school. So I probably still was like 18. Um, so he was, you know, just telling me he could do things. He actually put me in a studio. This was one of the first times I went to like a real recording studio. And uh, we laid a, a couple of just kind of like freestyle songs, you know, over other people's beats. We did a song or two. And he wanted to use that as his way to let other people hear me sure. shopping around. Because even the stuff that I had did previously recording, it was kind of like in a house, somebody's tape recorder kind of thing. It wasn't a professional, what's the name? But so he had now put me in this recording studio. We made like a, I want you, I guess you could call it like a demo and um, was playing it for people. And one of the people that he, you know, even suggested that he would play it for and that he could get me uh, rolling with was DJ Clue. And um, he played it for DJ Clue and I think DJ Clue Who at was the somebody time, at the time? DJ was, DJ Clue was a, big mixtape DJ yeah. at the time. You know, somebody that we listened to. I had never even seen him before. All I knew was his voice and his, his, his legend of tapes and that's it. I never met him before. And, um, you know, one of his promises was like, yo, we're gonna get you to DJ Clue. He's, you're gonna be on one of his mixtapes. So of course, being on a DJ Clue mixtape at this time was a, a big thing. You know, it's definitely a way to get you more exposed. So I just was still rolling with the punches, not banking on it but like kind of like you know I'm, I'm rolling with it you know we'll see what happens and um he took it let clue hear it clue was interested clue asked me to come up to a radio show he was doing on hot 97. Now, i thought i was just going there to meet him yeah uh to you know maybe rap for him personally yeah. and uh when i got there um clue was like yo we're gonna have you rap over the radio and i was like oh okay but i knew this was like an opportunity for me. And uh, it goes back to what I was saying about inner city kids, they don't have these opportunities. So I don't know if I was completely like in the knowledge or prepared for this, but I knew it was an opportunity and I knew this was an opportunity that could lead to another opportunity. Was Clue known for doing that, bringing an unknown artist on? I don't think so. I think he's, he's, he's he, at that point, I think he had brought in artists who were already bubbling Somebody, and yeah. hot and, yeah. you know, had energy, but I don't, I don't think he, had given anybody just a clean slate But shot that was up. the first time you met him? First time I yeah. met him. So what happened? I uh, went up there and I just, you know, kind of like I said, I thought this was an opportunity for myself. Uh, Noriega, the mm -hmm. rapper at the time, he was there and uh, he was scorching hot. This is like 98 and he's, you know, got all kind of, all kind of stuff going. You know, Noriega had just, popped off, he came from a group, his, his, his group member got locked up, so now he's solo and all the attention is on him. So he had a, had a great, a great uh, even him being there gave me more yeah. ears, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because people are there to listen to him, of course. So I just kind of got my head together and um, 
when it came back to radio, I, I, I freestyled and then did Noriega freestyle. And then I kind of felt like, well, this is my opportunity. Let me get one more in, you know what I'm saying? Because I just want to leave my impression. I may never get this shot ever again. So I freestyled again, Noriega freestyled again. And I think just not only was they impressed by what I did, he also liked that I didn't back down. Like after I did one and just like, okay, I'm cool with that, that I came again. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, from that moment, Clue was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I want to work with you. I want to. And uh, I had no idea that any of this was going to happen. It was just an opportunity that got put before me. And I was like, all right, I got to step up to this opportunity and make the most of it. When you left the studio, what did you think? Um, I was kind of a little mind blown because, I, like I said, I had no idea that I was coming up there to do any so of that. Clue finished, you finished the segment with Clue and he said, look, we got to talk. There's yeah. something here for us. He took some, con we, we, we exchanged contacts. He talked to my guy that had brought me up there. And then like my guy who, you know, it's kind of like he made good on his promise too. He's like, see, I told you I was going to get you here. You know what I mean? And, you know, so we started our process of, you know, becoming a little bit tighter. And this is pretty much the first guy that's kind of like came through on, uh, a promise, so yeah. to say, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I took that for what it was worth too. And uh, we began working and doing more stuff. And then Clue came along and of course his next mixtape, he was like, yo, I wanna have you on a mixtape. So this is now another one of the promises that came through and it, it just looked like things were progressing through this one opportunity that I took advantage of. It sounds, I'm gonna bring up a couple of things. One, it sounds like back then you're, you're skeptical. Mm -hmm. Skeptical Definitely. young kid. Where do you think that comes from? Just, just the world that I lived in in that time. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you couldn't put a lot of trust into anything, or you couldn't, or anyone. Yeah. And um, you know, so as things were coming to me, I never, I never got like overexcited about them before they happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was that's good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I just was like, as things come, I would. I would go forward with the opportunity yeah. and make the most of it and then see, see what where happens. That, yeah, I never wanted to get my, get Your my hopes up, hopes up or yeah. expectations and it didn't land because I felt like that had previously happened throughout just music, just other things in my life, just other things in my upbringing and you know what I mean? I just didn't want to have big expectations for things. That when I you went back home, did your friends hear you on the radio? Yeah. Everyone knew? When I went back home, I was like a fake star already. Like, I was like, I had did some kind of big, you know what I mean? And, and it felt good. It felt, you know, even the support that my friends had and, and because they also believed too. So it's, it gave them a sense of like something that they believed in really was right. Where'd the name come from? The name actually was a mistake. <laughs> the name was... I was spelling my name in one of the raps that I uh, did for DJ Clue. It was like F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. And I was saying fabulous, like to rhyme with vocabulous, just wordplay stuff. And I think he took that as my name. So he started spinning around, like I got this kid fabulous. And you know, I got some about to sign this artist fabulous. And it just spread as that was my name. and crazy thing is that I really didn't have, like, I had a nickname in my neighborhood. I had 
my first initial, which I used to use uh, while I was rapping, but my first initial is J. And there was, of course, a million other J's. And I did, never really saw that could be my actual name. So I didn't have a real... So when, when you went to the, the studio, when you saw Clue at the station, mm -hmm. what did he present you as? He presented me as my hood nickname, which was Sport. Mm. So, but that wasn't, to me, that wasn't like a rap name. Mm. So I still was in the process of like really taking my name and turning it into a rap name somehow. And then he kind of mistakenly thought, thought that my was... name was fabulous. And it just kind of stuck because it was like, it's like a word that, it's a description word mm. and it's just stuck and it's, it's, so I ended up just owning it and just running with it. And even though to me it was a little funny at first, and I was just like, fabulous, like how am I gonna make fabulous my name? But people were coming up to me already saying like it was my name. So I just always They just it knew you was that. Yeah, it was kind of one of them things that, um, again, I guess just making the most of, most of it. But, but to me, that's what today is in the sense of things kind of happen quick mm -hmm. and it happened for you. I mean, which I think is kind of cool for, from, from my perspective looking at you is uh, there's no one who doesn't know who you are if you mm -hmm. mention the name. Right. I mean, do you take that in? I do. I even take that to be responsible for the name. You know what I mean? I felt like that was part of it. Diddy always uh, 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 jokes me like, yo, you got you got my name. I want to. I want a name like yeah. that, like fabulous. Like it just busts out, and you know. And I was like, I never even looked at it as you know something that just made itself stand out. You know, it was kind of a word that I knew what the word was, but I wasn't. It wasn't hard. It wasn't tough to me. It was you know. And that and and in, in these times too, I'm looking at like I need a name that that hammers in, you know, but could, my did, style. Or could you, I, I think today you'd appreciate, but did you appreciate back then by being different, it set you apart from everybody else? No, I didn't, no. I didn't, I, I was, I was so young and so just into the, the passion of hip hop that I didn't, I didn't know that your name alone would set you, set you aside and make you who you are. You do know? you think, do you think you struggled to get to the point of, for example, Clue, to get to that stage? I don't know if it was a struggle, but it definitely was trial and error to yeah. me. It was a couple things that I had to go through to know that opportunity was a golden opportunity and to make the most of it. It was a lot of, but I never, I never, that's one thing that I had, I never shared, shared away from uh, shied away from any opportunity saying like, oh, this is not gonna be nothing. I just, I just took, took advantage of the opportunity. If it becomes something, more power to it. If it doesn't, then I can always say, I put, I put I myself tried. in it. I, I did put, it. I gave it a hundred. And when you think about, because we were talking about this, when you think about the, today and the artists trying to be artists today, mm -hmm. um, they can do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And the struggles, that you had to get there, you need help. Right. Do they do they get it? Some they... of them some of them are are smart enough too. Some of them are, don't probably just in the ignorance of not having not having it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you know, part of having is knowing knowing you having because you didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? If you were if you if you're rich, you know how it feels to be poor because you were once poor. 
if you were always rich, it's it's hard to relate to somebody who's poor. Yeah. Because you've never felt the same uh, uh, issues that you feel when you're poor. So I think this, is, this it goes in the same as you know artists being able to um, do things on their own and develop their own projects and get in the studio their first you know their first time technology is advanced so you can you can they can make their own beats they can record themselves they can these are all things that weren't even possible in, in those times you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy if you can project out what's next for you I still have a passion for music but also hip-hop has grown so I want to I want to grow with it as well I want to grow with my career what I've done and take it to the next level what's next for fab you know sometimes I don't even want to say what's next I want to see what how it develops yeah what yeah. it what it blossoms into you know what I'm saying and I um and I'm I'm excited to see that like I'm I'm excited the same way somebody who's a fan would be like yo what's what's what what's he gonna do next you know I've kind of did what I've done already and that's gonna live but I want to see what's the next step for myself the same way somebody else and to me it feels like uh, which I live everything I do is I live by an organic feel mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow it something could catch me and I want to go in that direction and right. it feels the same way for you right do do you see that that's my I, I just told somebody that you know I, we playing with, like they have these like little sayings where it was like shoot your shot 2017 that mm -hmm. was last year that means like kind of go for it and see what it is because you know and then my 2018 was don't force it 2018 mm. so if it's if it doesn't feel like if it ain't something you love if it's something you passionate about if it ain't something that you're into if it's not like don't force it mm. you know what I mean like I let I, I love when things flow organically and when things feel genuine when things feel like you're not putting ec anything extra to it and you know you have even down to a conversation mm. when it feels like you can speak freely when you have somebody with an awkward conversation it's a conversation you don't want to even have mm -hmm. you know but when it feels natural and freely you can sit and talk to somebody forever you know fab i, I want to say thank you i think uh uh you are the epitome of what we're we want to share to my audience your audience which is uh being truly self-made and uh Thank you. Uh, I can see 10 years from now, there's another story to add oh, to the man. chapter. So, all the way. Thank you. Still killing them hoes. You still killing them hoes. You still killing them hoes. Uh, uh, oh.